Hey everyone, and welcome back to Class 1A, a My Hero Academia podcast presented by Popped Off. Today, you'll have me, Advert, the big business hero, aka Andrew Nimsgren, and Dylan Beal, aka Fanfic, leading the class. Dylan, how are you doing today? Good. I'm doing better than last week. Last week, I was a little bit sick, but um, I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling strong this week, and I'm, I'm ready to do this. I kind of forgot you were about to die. I was about to die, too. I think we were both just kind of getting over the plague that we gave each other when we hung out the previous week. But now we're good. We're ready to go. And we're ready to go, could you say, plus ultra this week? Oh, yeah. I think you can say that. But with that, I just want to jump into the show. I have probably the longest opening, like, kind of recap, I feel like, all season so far. So that's going to be really fun listening to me talk for 10 to 15 minutes straight about all that. But we don't really have any other housekeeping or recaps or anything like that. James is missing today's episode. He has some plans going on today, so we'll be holding down the fort. But nothing else besides that for big housekeeping today. Yeah, but make sure that you tell your friends about us and make sure you leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. And as always, make sure to send an email to us at contact at popped off or at popped underscore off on Twitter to let us know any additional class, any additional segments, notes, anything like that you want us to include in the show. We always read everything there and appreciate any feedback, suggestions, and all that. But with that, let's jump into the recap of episode 13, Infinite 100%. The episode starts with a quick glance of Mr. Compressor's cane and one of his compression balls, and then we have a time jump back to the start of the way, start of the raid, my goodness, where Ryuku and Agency are um, chaining up the big guy we saw at the very beginning of this whole raid sequence, Ryaka Katsume being tied up. But suddenly, his we learn that his quirk is to absorb the life force of the people he touches to enhance his size. But suddenly, he starts inhaling the life force of those around him. But without touching them, they're doing this due to the quirk booster he received. Only Najiri and Ryuku are able to fight. We learn that Najiri's quirk, Surge, which we learned about earlier on the season but never got the full explanation of, is that she converts her life force into energy but then shoots them slow due to being spirals, which I thought was a cool little feature there. But we're getting a lot about this whole life force that we have not heard about up to this point. So that's something I want to talk about after the recap, but I found that really interesting having two life force quirks going up against each other. Um, we then have Deku inform those up top of where the fighting's happened below, letting them know that the pro heroes are pinned down and need help. And using the combo of their quirks, Uraraka and Ko throw Katsume through the ground into the cavern. We then catch back up to how the previous episode ended with those three crashing down in the ground. And we have Froppy and Uraraka realize that the Deku above really wasn't Deku. It was Toga using her quirk. Twice and Toga got out of the underground due to Twice making a duplicate of Mr. Compress, and they want to use that duplicate of him to capture Eerie. Deku continues going after Overhaul and Eerie. Overhaul launches himself and Eerie up into the sky, using pillars heading up to try and escape. We see Miro's cape is also flung up. 
Eerie sees this cape and has had enough. She doesn't want anyone else to die. And we see her reach out and have her quirk activated apparently because we see her horn starting to glow. We then get the first flashback of the episode to the old Yakuza boss telling Overhaul about Eerie. But how her father had died and Eerie is cursed. We learn that her mother left her with her grandfather due to her not wanting anything to do with it because she made her father disappear more or less. Um... They believe that her quirk is something like overhauls and then it isn't a quirk from either side of the family but rather a mutation. Overhaul is tasked with watching the girl and studying and learning more about her quirk. He discovers that it's actually nothing like his own after cutting her up and doing a lot of experiments. Eerie goes to grab the cape back in current time and while doing so she touches Overhaul and Dunn does the evolution from previous episode. Eerie realizes that they're never going to stop trying to save her and even if they die so she needs to let them try and save her. She jumps off the pillar towards Deku, who's flying up towards her. We then see from Deku's angle of him flying up with eerie stuff on the pedestal with some emotional-ass music starting up in the background. He's talking about how he let her go once, and he's not going to do it again. And eventually, eerie jumps down into Deku's arm and the music swells, and we get this really cool kind of third-person shot of just everything stopping in midair as these two grab each other. Um, Overhaul starts trying to crush Deku midair, where he can't really move, and after getting kind of pissed off and powering up, he goes to try and kick Overhaul, but eventually he just pretty much does like a Naruto disappearing act, and just everything around him starts to explode from a high pressure left behind from where he went. Deku realizes that he did an old All Might move that uses the air pressure to propel him at a high speed. Deku knows that he's pushed his limits and figures that his legs are broken out due to that, um, due to losing control. Back over... Back underground, Overhaul fuses with Katsukame and becomes a giant monster, more or less. Like, I understand the last evolution where he fused and got two arms, but apparently fusing with the bigger guy gives him 18, but that's something for a different day. Um, everyone is underground and pretty much scared that he's going to turn around and kill him, but Nai says that he's only going to go after and try to kill Deku. No one is in any shape to move or fight, really, but Uruwaka wants to anyways. Night Eye tells them to go grab Mirio, and they all try to start moving up towards the surface. Deku lands and realizes that his bones are still fine, and puts together that this probably is due to Eerie's power. We learn that Eerie's quirk is the ability to rewind things, but she has no control of the power, and really no idea of how or when she's using it. It couldn't. It could even reverse people back to monkeys, Overhaul says, or more importantly, to a time where everyone was quirkless. Deku realizes that with Eerie's power that he can use his 100% um, all for one 100% as much as he wants and it would be rewound without having any damage to his body. Deku flies at Overhaul kicking him sky high. Another flashback to Overhaul being in trouble for getting into fights, starting drug lines and Cedro being yelled at by the old Yakuza boss and just kind of being done with these old ideals and wanting to move things forward and become have the Shihatsuki ruling the underground. Overhaul comes up with a plan to use Eerie's quirk to make drugs to take advantage of both sides. We've seen the bullets that he wants to sell and put in the market that will remove quirks, but eventually he wants to sell bullets that will also restore them, taking advantage of both sides and ultimately becoming incredibly rich. The old boss doesn't like this. He's worried that it doesn't bother Overhaul at all that Eerie's at the center of this and that she's a human being. He turns his back on Overhaul saying that I have no use for you anymore, so Overhaul literally puts him in a hospital bed saying that he will fix him when they have made it. Overall and Deku are fighting air to air until Deku uses 
pretty i don't know like there was no name to this but i just called it a 100 fury of blows from like D. just a little sky of fists come down on overhaul destroying him and deku lands on the ground still alive with overhaul defeated proving night eyes prediction that deku would die to overhaul wrong we get three black and white frames at the very end of the show right before the outro music comes in of night eye kind of having a moment of realization smirking and then smiling and the episode ends. What the hell was that episode? Like it it was, what? it was a wild one. It was definitely a wild one for sure. There's there's a lot going on. I think uh I think I think our breakdown will be able to help carp, carp, compartmentalize. Yeah, compartmentalize yes. um it well for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I like we usually jump around a lot, but I literally think taking it very slowly segment by segment especially with just you and me here being today is going to be good for this yeah episode. i do have one gripe with it though that i want to bring up in the okay. beginning i want to hear about the yeah because i want overall well. thoughts first because it definitely no it this definitely plays into like the first couple scenes so i think i think this will kind of work well but um overall i liked it i thought it was a good episode um it was definitely a hype episode um but the one thing i didn't care for is that they kind of just I, I I don't know I don't know what the, the phrase is, but they didn't use the girls very well. They just like kind of had them there in the background the whole time. And even in this episode, they were like, I I guess they 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 just like they broke through the ground and then like I don't know they kind of helped out I guess a little bit. But I was really hoping for like you know maybe like one of those really cool really emotional like really hype fight episodes with one of them, you know instead of instead of us just going oh. By the way, do you remember that they're actually on the surface? Um, now they're down here with all of us, and they're kind of helping. Like, like they're helping in the way that, like, they could have just replaced them with literally just mannequins, and they would have done the same thing. Um, so no, I, that was, I, I, that was I really do agree with that. It. That was, like, my one gripe, because I really wanted a really, like, cool hype fight episode with, like, Uraraka or something, because I thought that could have been really cool, especially with her relationship with Toga on how it's, like, they have that like weird interaction all the time. So, well, no, yeah, we get. I mean, I love Kirishima and Fatcom, but we get pretty much, f- and I guess, um, Sun Eater too. We get five episodes dedicated to that agency, and we don't get a single one dedicated to, um, Uraka and agency, which I thought was really weird. And the episode literally started with their initial fight already being over and locked up. I mean, we kind of see that. Even after he's powered up, like, I I think part of that that the excuse he'd make is like, oh, well, they don't need a um, special episode because they're so do so well as an agency and they just can beat anyone easily when they work together well. I mean, you saw how easily it took down this guy that was even after powered up and having them weakened by life force. Like, they still took him down and threw him underground incredibly easy. But nonetheless... I think fine and give them a better villain that or give them multiple villains. Like I do agree with that. Like I have loved every single Kirishima Sun Eater episode and all that kind of stuff. But the fact that we didn't get an episode like that for any of those what four characters in that agency seemed really weird to me. I'm sure that I mean they're just going off what the manga has, so it's nothing against the showrunners. But it just felt weird that that's how this whole thing was chosen. Maybe we have thirteen episodes left and overhaul is done. 
So maybe some of those episodes are going to be focused on that agency, bringing in them, maybe what they're doing on while Deku's recovering and dealing with Mirio and all that. That could be something that comes on in the future. But they, I agree, they had zero impact on this total arc except for blasting the hole in the ceiling. But you could have found another excuse or another random hero to do that as well. Yeah. Um, and even so, and even with the beginning of the the season, they had that that initial fight where they fought like the really big tall person, right? Yeah, that was like three minutes. They got yeah. three minutes of screen time there too. Yeah, and so it's kind of like uh, it definitely left me wanting a lot more. Um, but you know, we might get it in the future, so I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I this arc, I was not happy with how they were handled, but maybe they will get it because that's something I want to talk about towards the end. We don't know where the next thirteen episodes go now. No, we have no so, idea. I, I definitely feel like it's going to be like one we of all those. thought they were going to. We all thought Overhaul was going to escape, and he was going to be the like thirteen more episodes of chasing after him, his scheme, and all that kind of stuff. Maybe things could still work out that way, but as of right now, it looks like we don't know where things are going. Yeah, I, I definitely but, think that they're following that formula of half the season's dedicated to an arc, and then the other half they just take it in a different direction, which I think is totally fine. I'm totally fine with that. Um, but it's something that like I'm just like still trying to get used to. Even though they've done it every season, I think we should expect it by now. But, um, you know, I, I guess we'll we'll definitely wait to, to turn the corner and see what's next. My guess is going to be dealing with the whole repercussions on Mirio, dealing with the aftermath of all this, and then dealing with the League of Villains. Yep. No, I, I agree. I think that's definitely where a lot of this comes into. But before we talk more about the future, I want to talk about this episode. I want to start with, in the first five minutes, we learned or heard about a new aspect of the my hero universe and that is life force this is not something to my knowledge that has been mentioned before at any point up until the show maybe in the manga and we missed that but this is something totally new and we had two heroes kind of being based off of that and it was kind of a weird interaction as well because ryoko had no like repercussions when uh katsukame started absorbing it through the air and she was just fine and apparently Najiri was too. I guess you could make her argument that she uses life force all the time. But is life force like literally that like if you use too much of it, you die? Is it something that like you could just recover? Is it something you can train? Like it's just it was kind of a not a big part of the episode, but it was an impact on the episode with very little explanation of how it works. It's just that one person can absorb it. One person can shoot it and it weakens people. Yeah, I think it's just like the general kind of energy. Like chakra? Yeah, like pretty the, much. Like that yeah, basically like the like the chakra or the chi or like any any general vague kind of human energy. I don't think it's meant to be this like, you know, special force that like, you know, is a big reveal that it came up or anything. I think I think it's just a general way to kind of like represent that like human energy, like, oh, I'm having my energy drain because like it makes sense like what else would you really drain to show like the to, to kind of get rid of like someone's like like just inherent just like energy to them so i i think i think that's kind of what it's referring to and i i think happenstantially it just got brought up here i i don't i don't think it was like a like a big reveal or anything yeah but it, it, it just with very little explanation it gives me a little bit of like um mycochondrians or what um midichlorians from star wars like like 
is this like what is this what everyone's actually training is this what actually matters like is that why Kira like how long Kirishima gets hard depends on how much life force he has like we got like it just gives me that vibe that like there's zero explanation to it it's a throwaway line but it actually has like a big impact on things and like it explains why everyone has quirks or is it something smaller than that that's just kind of I, what I think gave me vibes I think it also just might be like I this is me just extrapolating just like from from watching anime over the years i think it's also just like kind of like a like an ingrained kind of resource just inherent to like japanese culture probably um because like we see it come up in a ton of different anime um obviously on much grander scales but i think just from a baseline it's kind of just like oh this is just a resource that humans have like like a general energy level so like i think that's why we didn't get a lot of explanation because it's just like he, here's a thing everyone you kind of understand what it means so just like don't worry about it I, I i think that's what they were getting at okay no i'm on board with that it's just yeah just uh first and i kind of watching it back back to back times i'm like yeah this seems like something that may have like an impact on the rest of the season and we don't have an explanation and i don't know if i always like when yeah I, I definitely wouldn't worry about it i definitely wouldn't okay. worry about it un- unless it comes up again in a different way but like for now i just wouldn't worry about it too much because I feel like we got the gist of what it is um, from that. Okay, so I want to move on to the League of Villains little arc in this. It's spread out a little bit, but it's mainly in the first part of the episode. And kind of talking about how the the Deku thing, how they escaped, the whole Mr. Compressed thing. Because I think there's a chance that people could get confused. And I was almost even confused the second time until watching through the second time there. But what did you, I mean, we all thought they were going to have a really big impact on the rest of this arc after they had Iraka, um knocked out of the sky and kind of betrayed them. And like, oh, they're going to go escape and they're going to go do something that's going to kind of mess with everyone. And it seems as of right now that didn't really end up happening. Do you feel like the League of Villains kind of little arc in this one was a disappointment? Are you happy with it? What do you feel about those three being this episode? Um, I, I definitely like um, Twice and Toga throughout the series um, or throughout this little arc. Um, I definitely like their interactions, and I thought they were valuable to have there just for those interactions alone. Um, but it definitely felt weird because it's kind of like they just helped facilitate a few things and like help facilitate uh, kind of the heroes. I don't want to say winning, but they kind of pushed some of those things along a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely weird to not have them have a bigger impact on anything. Yeah, like I was definitely waiting at like any point while Deku was fighting of. Mr. Compressed to throw the bead and take Eerie and the whole fight turns the other way and maybe Deku gets seriously injured or something kind of like that. Like, no, like the, so yeah, so that, for those of those that are confused, Mr. Compressed actually wasn't there. Twice was able to pretty much use his ultimate move and make a perfect copy without, I didn't know he could make a copy without that person being there. Yeah, me neither. And that's pretty much what he did, which was really cool to learn that he could make perfect copies of somebody he understands any points with their full expressions and how they act and all that kind of stuff there which was a really cool thing to learn that made twice's ability even cooler i think but so he wasn't actually there and but they're like oh yeah like you're just gonna go and like do this and you have no repercussions so you can go all out and grab eerie or maybe grab aizawa like or something like that like have some kind of impact on this arc and like set up the next arc but like no like this arc cut clean now like they just all got away they saw deku go 100 percent they're scared. They didn't get Mr. Compress got crushed. So they just have to go back to the League of Villains and it was there. So it was a little bit of a disappointment. I wanted them to have some kind of impact or at least a setup going into the next arc. Maybe that'll happen next episode and like the cleanup um, when we kind of see um, 
that everyone is severely hurt. Maybe they try to do something there. But as of right now, I love having them and having their little snippets. And even when they're like, you're just a clone, get in there. And they kick them down in the hole and stuff kind of like that. Like, they're fun interactions whenever they're on screen. But I felt like more is going to happen after how they kind of had an impact. But really, they're just kind of a small MacGuffin for the heroes, just kind of helping them move along rather than being a thorn in the side. They're just there. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay. Um, yeah, so then after by that, we are now thrown into the underground. And pretty much from here on out, it is the Deku and Overhaul show slash Eerie. Um, where I Let's just kind of talk through the rest of the cast that aren't in this main part right here. So we have Uraraka, we have Sir Night Eye, we have Ryuku, we have Froppy and Najiri all kind of underground now. And they really don't do much the rest of the episode here, which you kind of figured when it... The Ultimate Five is going to come down to those two, but the whole concept that Sir Night Eye was so believing that they're going to die, that Deku is going to die and Overhaul is going to escape, and that kind of whole prediction has been on top these last couple of episodes, and we keep seeing that this is going to happen, and that he almost seemed to more or less as if he's given up. Mm-hmm. That he's like, there's nothing we can do. He has said his fate is already sealed. Like, go save Mirio. Like, let's get me up above ground, and they really do nothing else. I mean. Do you feel that th- I feel like Sir Knight I almost gave up a little too quickly here, and I don't know if that's part of his character arc, but I feel like those all just sitting around, like sure they were weakened a little bit, doesn't feel realistic. Like we saw Uraraka try to get up and do something, but none of them having any impact in the fight seemed a little unrealistic to me. Yeah, I didn't like it, especially because like he's supposed to be a hero, like a top hero at that, and like. I think it's pretty common for for top heroes to have that mentality of like even if like a hundred percent of the odds are against them they're always gonna just try to push like through it even if they know for certainty they'll die i mean it's i i think that comes up like all the time with like every hero so the fact that he kind of gave up was just weird i definitely agree i'm definitely on board with that um or like even ryuku nothing happened to her the entire episode she took one punch from the big guy and they fell through the ground like, why are you weakened? You had no, like, when you're fighting up above, there is no idea of you being weakened and you not, I guess you're helping people up and you're a pro here or there because everyone down there is severely hurt and you had to stay behind for that. But are you really, as a pro hero, just going to leave a student alone to fight overhaul? And when everyone's saying that he's about to die, that seemed uh, just seemed off to me. And I guess I think part of it can be, like, Sir Knight Eye is still so... Um, scarred by what happens with All Might and looking in the future and being afraid of seeing someone's death. I think this is part of his character arc there that like yes, like I saw you die and like I've accepted that fate but like and I'm severely hurt and he can't really do anything. He has a fucking pillar through his chest. He is like mortally wounded right now. Yes, I understand that so him not doing anything, I kind of take back that point of him not doing anything but that aspect of like giving up, you think in an arc He's like, like, no, like, there's still a chance. Go try and twist fate. Like, you see Deku saying, I'm going to twist fate. And he has that flashback to Deku saying it, but never like, wait, no, I could be wrong. The future can be changed. Uraraka, go help him. Or something like that. Not having that turning point in the arc seemed weird to me in a character that's kind of been up. And then we see the back story of why he's scarred. And he never took that next step. So maybe that's the second half of the season and that conversation with All Might that might be coming up. But right now it felt weird he didn't have that turning point yet. And then I guess with that, 
all that's left to talk well, about we is... have a couple i think we can break this into a couple things because i i want to okay. first start on eerie's uh quirk um because this gets into weird territory like quirks have like fairly made sense i mean there was a couple that you have to like kind of suspend your disbelief a little bit for or whatever but you can go mm -hmm. that makes sense it's whatever it makes sense but we're getting into like jojo's territory right now <laughs> of where it's like the quirk is rewind but like it's like in a such a weird abstract way that it's like oh okay sure because it's not a literal rewind because if it's a yeah. literal rewind you would just de-age but it's like a half of a literal rewind and half of like i'm like a metaphysical like human rewind because they were like you, they're literally undoing like evolution genetics you know yes. that's how they're getting rid of the quirks with the ability is they're literally undoing the the you know the evolution that they had over time which is weird because it's like and, and the reason why i say it's like weird jojo stuff is because they're like i think that's the reason why even though night eye saw deku die something that happened with the rewind probably affected it yes but it doesn't make sense like because night i can't see that night i can't see things that are rewind. Yeah, yeah but the re but again the rewind isn't like a time rewind it's like a weird abstract rewind and so none of the like this is just starting to get into weird territorial for yeah it's it rewinding cells but like kind of going back to like her father like disappearing like you literally just see his clothes on the ground like we saw Deku jumping around with her on her back, using her power for a couple of minutes. I mean, was Eerie just literally grabbing onto her dad's leg for 30 minutes, watching him disappear? Like, I, I don't understand that concept because clearly she has to be touching them for it to have any impact. And maybe it's just her quirk manifested and all the power came out at once and that's how he Yeah, he I, th I, think, but I think that's what it was. I think it was kind of like a, like a power spike or something. And, like, she wasn't, like, spiking the power with Deku. But, like, it's still a weird territory of where you, like, in the short term, you have, like, you're, you're, like, undoing injuries or rewinding injuries. But in the long term, you're, like, you know, undoing people's genetics and making them disappear. Like, I, I don't know. This ability is definitely, like, one of those ones that kind of is stretching it for me. Um, I think it's fine. I, I Like I said, to me, this is, like, a JoJo's ability. So, like, I'm already on board. Like, my mindset's already there, and it's like, that's cool, whatever. But it's definitely a departure from what we usually see in the show. I agree with that. And, again, we haven't seen next week's episode yet, but it didn't feel like there's any repercussions to Deku using it. Like, it, it literally felt like the two heroes, like, armband thing. Like, oh, you can use this for this one episode, You'll never do it again, but it's the one excuse of why you can fight the single episode is what it felt like. Because, like, even, like, or her power is getting stronger. It's like, does that mean, like, he can go, like, he's already at 100%. Like, shouldn't it be having some kind of repercussion on him now? Like, if it's rewinding things, like, her power at a weaker state was already fixing bones. So shouldn't at a stronger state have some kind of impact on him? Or really, did he go beyond 100%? Like, it just... There, I agree. There are questions about it, and it it is the definition of a MacGuffin. It is this like it is not like he is not going to 
carry her around on the back for the rest of the season and use her in every single fight. It is going to be this one fight that she's going to be in a laboratory and they're going to try to figure out how to reverse things and all that and try to get Muriel's quirk back and all that kind of stuff because that's what Overhaul was trying to do. Like, that's where she's going to be. But the question's always going to be, like, there's no repercussions to Deku carrying her on her back except putting her in danger. Why is he not doing that all the time in big fights? Like, that is always going to be there. But now it is in a canon episode, not the movie off on an island where everything got destroyed. It is now in the same city as him at all times. I think think sometimes it's okay for a shounen to kind of let, you know, let the main character go off. And they they do this a couple times. Um, and before it was let the main character go off, but he breaks his limbs because like, that's the only way we can kind of nerf this. Um, but once they got to the point of where they're like, yeah, you know, you can't keep doing this. It's not sustainable. Um, they needed to let him kind of go off in a different way. And I, I think this was a way to kind of, uh, take her quirk and just kind of let Deku go crazy with it. I, I think, I think it's fine. I think it's okay. Like it's not the worst. Cause like, there is like now like reason why he's not going to do it again you know like true so it's like eh, it's fine it's whatever it gave us a cool scene it let us see the kind of upper echelon of his power and where it can really go and i think that's good to do sometimes i think i think it's good to to recontextualize what he can actually do and what deku's abilities really are um because before we had him more in the mindset of like all might of where it's like he's kind of like an all might but just like not as big and buff but this kind of reframed it for us and it's like okay like super saiyan deku this is kind of like what he looks like he like he he's like incredibly fast he punches a ton um he has incredibly strong like punches as well as speed so it's like that's that's kind of what that looks like now let's like put this off into a corner and like we can look at that now like yeah maybe deku will get there one day but now it's 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 just like a new goalpost for for Deku to move towards, rather than him just standing there and just doing one big punch. Like that's that's no longer you know the future goalpost. That's true, and I agree with that. And I think the more I think about it, this is a better way of handing it than the whole fight happening and then Eerie just using her quirk then and rewinding everything, because that would make things even worse. But like, hey, you had to have it on the back, and we know there are repercussions. Eventually, we don't see it now. I'm sure there has to be something next episode. Like, he cannot just... If he just walks away from this entire fight next episode, like, with zero repercussion, like, even if it's a minor one, I'm okay with that. But if he just, like, okay, Eric, get off my back now, and they walk hands to the hospital, I'm like, okay, this is a little too far, but it's better than Deku getting seriously hurt and her just touching her and, like, doing a um, Lady Smooch or whatever um, the medic... Uh, quirk was and just kind of fixing everything there and rewinding back before the fight so i'm happier they didn't do that but i just feel like even when heroes pop off there's always some kind of repercussion and deku has literally had zero repercussion in this entire arc and only other people have been hurt everyone else has almost died but if deku walks out of this unscathed i would have a little bit of an issue with that as he is the main character and he literally fought overhaul the and like the anti-quirk to him and didn't get touched the entire time and only got a couple of pillars through his legs feels off to me and it feels like oh so he just isn't going to get hurt in these big fights yeah i mean i I guess we'll see we'll we'll see next episode kind of like the the ramifications of it 
Um, but there's also a lot of really cool parts in the fight that I really like. Um, I do like seeing those scenes of overhaul where he's really injured and he'll like touch a limb and it'll kind of like and fix it. It, it. It will like deconstruct and reconstruct. So it's fixed. Like those are really cool. I really like those abilities. Yeah. Like, God damn, this is a quirk. Cool. Um, like I, I, I don't understand it to the extent. Like I kind of was saying during the recap, like why, when he absorbed Katsukame, did he become an even bigger monster? Like I, I, I didn't understand that concept. Like when he formed with one, like, I'd understand if he got, like, 10 feet tall, but why was he, like, three stories tall with 18 legs? Like, I didn't understand where that power came from because that wasn't what Katsukame had. I I, I don't think it's necessarily him getting a one-to-one power. I think he's just literally adding mass onto himself. I think that— But where did that mass come from? Like, Katsukame didn't have that much mass. Mass was created out of nothing. Eh, it's, it's it's fine. Just don't worry about okay. it. Okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um. But yeah, that, that's but that, that's I, why I, well, one like his quirk is cool. But that's the one thing I question about this is like if he would have like ran around and touched like eight of the Shihasakai like guys and then formed that big monster and made sense. But just after how we saw the impact being from the last time of a normal sized guy, he got maybe a little bigger in another pair of arms. But when he picks up, like, an 8-foot guy, he turns into a 20-foot monster. That power scale seemed a little weird to me. I knew it was, like, you need to be that big to go against Deku 100%. But I just didn't – I don't understand his quirk completely either. Yeah, it's uh, – suspend your disbelief And we never will at this point. Yeah, suspend your disbelief for that one. Um, but, like – It was incredibly cool, though. Yeah, the one thing um, I guess I was a little confused on is it seemed like there was, like, a, like a weird shift – in um some of overhaul's like ideals because they kept building up this whole thing of like him like talking about like you know cleansing yeah cleansing and this place is diseased and stuff and then in the backstory it seemed more of like he just felt like this money and power yeah he wanted money and power and he felt this obligation um towards um his you know his father figure that like brought him in from the streets and that it was more of like him trying to repay that debt and it seemed like weird departure from like what we've been hearing um like obviously these two things could still be true just because we saw the one doesn't mean the other one is like inherently not true anymore and that they don't align but it felt weird that they didn't keep them kind of merged up into each other and instead they 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 had that tonal shift so I, i i thought that was a little bit weird um just because like I don't know. It, it felt like a shift. It felt like a shift. I didn't understand I agree. why. Um, but I, I mean, I still like overall as a character. I think even if this is where he ends right now, I, I really liked him. I thought he was really cool. You know, at least from a design perspective, I thought he was an awesome character. Um, and I did like the whole fact of like, whenever um, he lost and his mask came off, it was nothing. It was, it was just a guy. Just a face. Yeah. It was just a face. Oh yeah. It, yeah, it, I, I, thinking, I didn't, I didn't think about that all that. Yeah, like these, every single episode, I'm going to cleanse the world of you people. I am getting rid of this hero syndrome. When, yeah, when we saw in the flashback, like, nope, I'm just going to remove your quirks and then sell you things to bring back it. Like, that's not cleansing. Unless I, maybe he became, I mean, he literally turned the back on the man that raised him. And maybe after that, he kind of had an ideal 
change and he kind of shifted towards this more extreme between now and then but we didn't see that we didn't get that explanation and now overhaul is defeated so either we are going to be seeing more overhaul and maybe miss like maybe they make another copy of miss crest and take overhaul back to the league of villains or something like that but like right now it does feel weird that there was that transition without filling in that gap because right now he was just another yakuza boss that wants money and power to repay the man that did it he turned the back on the man that did it and now he all of a sudden wants to cleanse the world and never had the intention of actually making money off it It did now that you bring that up that does feel weird and that's not the character that was built up the first 12 episodes of the season yeah but yeah i agree he's still a very cool character even with that and that that thinking more about it that means i think we're going to be seeing more overhaul at one point because it it, it feels incomplete his story feels incomplete with this yeah because we both thought it was going to get away like this being the end of overhaul feels weird to you and me right yeah i i definitely agree i feel like we'll see him at some point but like he is also someone you can't just um let exist out there he's like way too strong and so, like, he's not a character that you can kind of just, you know, throw in your throw in the pocket and just like leave or whatever. Um, I don't know how they'll contend. I don't even know how you lock him up. Yeah, do you I literally mean, have to inject it, him with like the quirk no, losing? No, like, you, 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 you literally you just give him special handcuffs or something like that because is like, that you literally think that's what they're gonna do? It's the same thing they did with like um, one for all or all for one. Yeah, the, the thing they did with yeah, um, that's all true. For one. And if he moves, they shoot him. Yeah, like they, or even they, overhaul can't survive being shot. Yeah, they just like put like they just like put him in a special thing essentially. Yeah. So um, I don't know. If and that... stains down there too. Like you gotta think if they like if they put like stain, all for one and overhaul all in the same prison. Like you know that's just setting up for a good arc. If that's how this goes, you know what I mean. Like they're all still alive. It feels like. They, if they do that, if they definitely put him down there, um, they'll be setting up for like a boss rush kind of deal. Yes. Of like, oh, all the all the villains escape. Now, now you gotta d- deal with that. That would be wild. Which would be cool. Um, that would be really cool to see like Deku, like, you know, having max power and like all the other students being incredibly strong. And then it's like, all right, gotta deal with them all. It'd be a little cheesy be a little cheesy maybe uh i think there need to be a time jump in there i think deku would need to i think that time jump we talked about would need to happen and he need to be stronger because like oh if he did that like next semester for him i'm like okay then you're gonna need a MacGuffin. but if you give him another year and he's like constantly at 70 percent like how cool of a fight that would be or something like that that would yeah. be awesome um but yeah. but, okay i think we're yeah we're getting a little long-winded here i think we still need to i mean the little fighting sequence is kind of all we have left. I mean, there's not much I want to talk about that there besides how beautiful the animation of that entire fight scene was when they grabbed each other was phenomenal and the music swelling. Like, that shit got me emotional. I literally said to you pre-show that I am going to go and screenshot all the fists in the air with Deku in front of it and overhaul flying down. Probably make that my background. Like, there's just the cinematography in this one. I guess the animation, like... You know what I'm trying to say with that. Like, just how they animated this episode, I felt like they put a little bit more time into certain scenes, and it really paid off for me. Like, the combat wasn't that great. I think Deku threw, like, four punches the entire episode, besides the barrage of punches, but it still felt like a really cool action sequence, right? Yeah, it was a cool action sequence. It definitely isn't... It didn't make my my top fights list or anything like that. 
Um, but it was it was cool. It, it was yes. cool to see like that scale of power. Just seeing that finally, and yeah, again, we were both so wrong earlier on when we were thinking like, oh, maybe he'll hit twenty percent. Like, no, we've seen him use a hundred percent. We've seen him do twenty percent last episode. Like, he's definitely got a lot more powerful, but with the help of MacGuffins. But, um. Yeah, I guess we – is there any last things? We said you wanted to break it down in the last thing. Like, yeah, the fight scene, there's not too much to dig into. Like, everyone watching us, you know how badass it was. We don't need to break that down scene by scene. Is there anything else we do want to break down, Dylan, before we move into the preview and plus ultra reward? Um, I don't think so. I, I think I think we covered all, like, the big topics that I, at least I wanted to cover. Aizawa was not covered at all in this episode. Yeah. But – we do see him in the preview, so I felt like that was weird. I'm, t- I'm yeah, we're in the preview a little bit here, but that felt weird to me. I, I, th- I feel like um, they just took him out just because, like, I- inherently he's to like, make it more even. He's he's just too strong in in certain contexts, and so it's like, yeah, if you have a two v one and you just shut off Overhaul's ability, of course you're just you could just walk a bunch of and just it, it'd be done. But that's true. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, they just find him and beat up the other guy at some point. But that, yeah, that just. It seemed like that was going to be bigger, and it doesn't feel like it, it's going to be now. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I guess with that, I feel like next week's going to be a slower episode. It's going to be a much shorter recap episode. We're already at 40 minutes here. Um, but this was just a lot of talk through, a lot of information we learned. It's ending up the first arc. We're at episode 13 halfway through the season. I feel like it needed to take a little bit longer. But with that, let us move into this week's Plus Ultra Award. As always, this is our weekly award where we decide one character, hero, villain, in between that went beyond, that went plus ultra, and showed off this episode more than anyone else. And I don't know, Dylan. I'll take it first. I know you don't like giving it to the main character, but Deku literally went 100%. He literally beat the main villain of the first arc in probably one of the flashiest ways we've seen yet. We've seen what his true power is. We see, even in the previous episode, where he pushed to 20% and still went through his injuries to save Eerie, to go beyond, and, and learn that he used his 100% without even trying. Like, I can't in right mind not give it a Deku here. Yeah, I mean, I wish I wish there was other characters to really, you know, have the debate over. Um, maybe, maybe you can make any case for Uraraka. Um, or eerie even maybe you could but i don't know it's pretty clearly a deku deku focused episode fight he he got it he got it for sure there we go and i think this is the first time we've both given to deku if at all this season i haven't even been tracking of like who it is maybe at towards the end of the season we should actually um go back and look at how many times we gave to each person but yeah it it was yeah it was one of those episodes like okay it's the main character's time to shine so let's give him the episode and he wouldn't be on he went plus ultra and i think he's very deserving of the award and i think james i'll make that vote for him as well he loves that kind of shit and unless he unless he found something stupid with night eye but um yeah with that all we have left is a preview before we wrap up this week's episode and next week's episode is going to be titled bright future deku has beat overhaul but now it's time to realize the aftermath pretty much every single character we saw is near death or dying and we need to kind of fix them back up um but there's really not much in the preview besides like yeah it's the repercussions now we see deku walking into a room with all might centipede 
um, Bubble Girl and Sir Night Eye, I'm assuming. So there have be some kind of big conversation there. Um, besides that, not really much tease for next week. We have no idea where the rest of the season's going. We have no idea even what next week's really going to look like. But a lot of questions we answered. A lot of people are hurt. But what do you think? Anything? Any big predictions for next week's episode, or just you're going to be along for the ride like the rest of us? We're we're going to see what happens with League of Villains, and I feel like it's going to set up. It's going to be a really good setup for what's to happen for the rest of the season for sure. I think so. Yeah, I think if we don't get the question answered next week of what happens the rest, it's I worry it's going to be a slow first six episodes again. And then, like, the next six, last six episodes are going to be, like, an All Might versus All for One kind of version of that fight. Like, that's how it was in Season 3, where I, I don't want things to slow back down. Like, I feel like things have started picking up, and I don't want another six, seven episodes of setup. I would love for things to kind of keep going. Maybe not as fast of a pace, but, like, okay, like, let's see him back out on the agency field now. Like, let's see, let's get an Uruk episode of their them doing something cool. Like, I want the action to keep kind of going. I don't... I don't feel like we need another six episodes of setup. Like things are already in motion. Let's keep them going. But with that, that is going to be wrapping up an incredibly long version of the class one, a podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in next week. We'll be going over next week's episode. We haven't heard anything of a mid season break or any breaks coming up. So we plan on being here next week's episode. If anything does come up, we will let it know on Twitter and all that. But as of right now, we're planning on recording episode 14 next Saturday. And make sure you tell your friends um, about the podcast and leave a five-star review. Um, and also check out poppedoff.com and twitter.com slash popped underscore off. Um, like Andrew said before, any updates on the show will be there. Again, that's twitter.com slash popped underscore off for all your updates on the podcast and other stuff we do. And as always, just leave a five-star review on whatever platform that you do listen on. It always means the world to us. But with that, that'll be all for this week's session. And we will see you all back in class next Saturday. Tai hikari ga aru kimi wa